Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. We're back after taking a little break <laughs> this summer. I don't even know what episode we're on now for this season. Me either. Me either. You know? It's 20-something. 20 20-something. 20 <laughs> yeah. But it. we're really excited because today we have a guest for you um, to share some of her experience and wisdom and all of that with you, and it's Heather Bullard, which I'll let her tell you about her. But all I can say is she's a rock star. And if you don't yes. know her name, you probably know her work, Yeah, is what I would say. True. Yeah. So Heather, um, so tell us about yourself. Tell us what you do and um, kind of what you're working on now. Oh, goodness. Um, I, don't, I feel like I'm a Jill of all trades in a way, but um, <laughs> essentially I have a media production company. So what I... What I do is editorial prop styling. I do a lot of location scouting. Use it for interiors, magazines, national interior interior magazines. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do editorial-wise is a lot of location scouting and styling. And then um, I have a site, and we do you know we do posts once a week. And I have I'm not, I mean I don't know I feel like I have so much it's hard to explain it all. <laughs> We get it. We get it. We do. Shauna says it's you have your hands in a lot of pies. That's yep. how we put it. That's right. I think, you know, they say to get that elevator pitch down, but I feel like just go to my website. It might even make more sense. Right. But, um, I think my elevator pitch would take several floors, not just like one, you know. Yeah. Um, no. But I do. Yes. I've done the last six years. I've led um, styling and photography workshops for creative women all over the world in France. Um, we yep. take a week and spend it at a chateau and we delve into all of that wonderful stuff. And I do mentoring and business coaching as well for creative women. So, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Your one of your workshops is on our list. That's on There's our list. Our, like, Big time. You're doing it. Yep. Sometime. Oh, that's I'm right. As soon as you can do them again. It's truly probably one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my career because I've had, been doing it a long yeah. time. And we've had women from Australia and England, I mean, literally from all over the world. And it's so amazing to see. And we have a really great range of um, ages. So I'll have anywhere from 20s all the way up to like maybe 59, 60s, somewhere. Oh, in yeah. And so you have women from different generational um, generations, you know, so we have like 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s and everyone can learn from each other. So and by the end of the week, everyone is friends and stays in contact and it's really fun. So. That's very oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to do it. Well, one thing I wanted to ask, because I think a lot of people would be curious about it, is how do you get into that? Like location scouting and being a stylist, how did you, because that's not like when you're talking to your guidance counselor in high school, <laughs> like <laughs> what would you like to be a stylist? I think that might work for you. So how did you get into that? Um, well, I have a design background. I did interior design for many years and I started photographing my own projects and you have to keep yeah. in mind that I've been an editor with country living, I think for about 10 or 11 years now, maybe a little longer. Yeah. So this was even before that. And that was probably another five years prior to that. So I can make myself sound really old, but <laughs> 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 I'm not old. <laughs> I started no. 
Um, so I started photographing my projects and this is just when blogs first started. And someone, a little local magazine picked me up. And then I think I did some regional California kind of magazines. And then it just started snowballing from there. I think once you kind of get back then there wasn't the internet as much. I mean, the, there was internet obviously, but there wasn't, that isn't how scouting went. It was more like yeah. word of mouth. Um, and then maybe editors would see homes and other magazines and so really it was a it was a long time coming it just took many years to develop um my network <laughs> of contacts yeah. um, within the industry and so yeah that's sort of how it started did these magazines mostly reach out to you like you were putting your work out there and they saw your work or did was it you were actively reaching out to them pitching your work what was the or was it a combination of the two um actually I never pitched my own work <laughs> wow sort of, that's awesome it just sort of came to me what's interesting too is um you know magazine editors they'll move to other titles so maybe you've worked with a magazine editor for one issue or one title and then they get a job they move to from new york city mm -hmm. to alabama <laughs> and mm -hmm. start working with another magazine and then they'll take their their talent or their contacts with them and so it sort of evolves yeah. that way but yeah i've never pitched my own work but it's just sort of word of mouth and how yeah. well that's because you're also you introduced yourself so humbly <laughs> but you are uh, incredibly, incredibly talented. And I would say probably early on, like I remember, this is just a funny side story here. I remember early on in blogging because I started my blog in 09. You too, right, Marion? It was that year. So I remember early on, uh, around that time, maybe a year or so in, I found your work. And I remember thinking back then, you know, you know, there are bloggers and then there are people like her who have this whole, like this whole brand and this whole, you just got it together. You know, it just, it was always, my experience with your brand was always approachable, yet really, really curated and elegant. Um, so, and your style reflects that. It reflects this, you know, hominess and approachability, but it's really refined and curated and not, I'm just geeking out over here, but I'm just saying you're an incredibly talented powerhouse lady. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me <laughs> that you. So kind of you. So generous <laughs> with the compliments. Thank you. Well, I mean it. You know, um, totally mean it. I will say that I literally love what I do. Like, yeah. absolutely. I could style in my sleep. Like, yeah. I love it so much. I can remember when I was probably about second grade or first grade, you know, your mom tells you to go in and take a nap, but she yeah. you'd sleep on her big bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I can remember going in there and like rearranging her bookshelves. Like, yeah. you know, this little porcelain tiger does not look good here. It looks better here. And I would rearrange the books and all her chachas. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You just know, like, it doesn't look right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can make it look better. And to me, it was so much fun. And, um, you know, so much of styling is not about buying things. It's actually about composition. I mean, yeah. really, a stylist could style um, my husband's tools. Like, if he gave mm -hmm. me a pile of tools, I could compose those in a beautiful way. Like, it's really yeah. composition yeah. and not buying stuff. And I think that's a misconception 
because prop stylists are so well known for like filling their carts at home goods or target or yeah. <laughs> going into antique stores and you know taking out a ton of loaners or buying a bunch of stuff from antique stores yeah and that's usually just for layering uh, just for the camera but yeah. really about composition and uh, and I love it like give me a challenge I'm excited <laughs> and Man. every job yeah. two jobs are the same every house is different every homeowner is yeah. different and um, I love being able to work with them and try and bring out what they love in their home uh, so that yeah. it goes better on camera for everyone. So, yeah. So cool. I always love um, seeing your shoots. And yeah. um, I, I feel like, and I get, I think this is what Shauna was saying too, that there's just this intentionality about mm-hmm. your work, mm-hmm. that it's um, like there's no part of what's in the frame that looks like it was kind of like you just wrote it in, like just like well, yeah. let's just let's just leave that there. <laughs> we'll just kind of go with it. Like yeah. it, everything's very intentional, and I think even in hearing, I hope people go look at your website because I think even just in yeah. your career, you can see this real intentionality behind it of mm-hmm. doing what you love and also finding a way to share it with others and. Um, and then also being very meticulous with the the physical work, the styling, and how it shows up in in a magazine yeah. or really, on a spread. Um, it's really important that one of the questions, especially when I'm training, like if I have an assistant that's new or even someone that's worked with me for years, you know, I have to drill into everyone. Like, does this make sense? You know, why yeah. are you putting this object here? Does that make sense? Would you come in from your garden? and hang your basket of flowers on your doorknob and not put them in water. Like things like yeah. that. It's like, I try to, I try to just make it to where it actually makes sense to real life. And I think that maybe the approachability is coming through that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I, I was actually working on a shoot yesterday and, and we were trying, <laughs> I'm like, you're trying to create a story. And there's sometimes when I see in a magazine, like, especially in a kitchen yeah. and there's all this random food out and stuff on cutting boards. I'm like, what is this person making? Right. Like, yeah. It's just <laughs> such a random assortment of ingredients. And, um, and I think that it's, yeah, it's so much more powerful when there is a story and when it feels like it's kind of a, it's a little, it's just a polished reality. It still looks real, but it's done in a very polished way. Yeah. And you know, I have to say too, like those shoots, we have a lot of editorial direction, you know, Mm -hmm. have meetings beforehand, what we're going to use, what kind of story we're going to tell, what little moments we're going to create. So, you know, before I even go in, we've had, you know, the style editor, the home director, we've all had meetings about what we think is going to look best for it. And then, you know, a stylist job is kind of like, I have a directive that I have to fulfill, but then I also have a homeowner that I wanted to make it feel like their home. Yeah. Uh, then I have my own style. Like <laughs> I wanted mm-hmm. it. So it's more, I make it more of a marriage counselor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm great. Making everybody happy with all my pretty things. <laughs> right. <laughs> one well, that may be even a good thing to speak to, you know, just even if it's one or two, you've, so you've already mentioned, um, you know, making sure that everything's intentional, does it make sense? But, you know, I know a lot of our listeners as well as just, you know, even people that we have in the mentoring group and, you know, the community there, um, you know, our businesses are all visual, even if we're not stylists, you know, we're in this world now where everything is visual and we have to present the brand in a visual way. So maybe give us your top couple, you know, tips for, intentional styling in shoots. I know you've already given us one. I'm just putting you totally on the spot. Okay. Well, I'll try, I'll try and uh, 
try and jump through the hoop. Right. <laughs> um, I think one thing, if you could try to start practicing, like let's say you were working at your desk, shoot, yeah. shoot a picture of that desk and just, yeah. just before you walk away. Um, and then maybe study how that looks real, how that is real. I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing it um, intentionally. Uh, that's one way to start practicing. Um, and then from there, you can always edit out. So a lot of times we'll mm-hmm. fill a space and then we'll shoot a frame, pull out items, shoot a frame, items until it feels like a good balance between just enough and, you know, going overboard. Um, I think yeah. what I see a lot of times with people that are learning to style or amateurs, as you'd say, is that they really do tend to overstyle. Um, yeah. And editing is such a critical component because less usually is more. Yeah. Uh, except in collections, then more is more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Man, what a fun job. Not to say, and look, I don't mean it in the way that it's not work because it's absolutely work that requires skill and talent and experience. But I just think it's such a um, such a gift, you know, that we get to do things that we all get to do, you know, and like you said, just to be able to love what you do and pour so much, you know, passion into it, it definitely comes through. And that's why, you know, when we first started talking about, well, we want to have some people on the podcast, you know, we, we definitely want to continue our conversations just around creativity and creative business, but we want to bring in people that we feel sort of represent, I guess, maybe the ideals that we sort of look for in our own work or that we are striving for in our own work. And so anyway, your name was sort of at the top of our list. Like we, we got to get her, we got to get her, her here with us and hear, you know, just her thoughts and how this came to be and, you know, what she feels about uh, intentional uh, creativity. And so anyway, it's just exciting. It's exciting to talk to you. Maybe I'm really grateful for when, my career started to just take off um, for actually the years before that because mm-hmm. so much of how I gain um, inspiration and what excites me and what might spark a new idea um, is found off the internet. Mm-hmm. It's not actually found um, yeah. scrolling or surfing or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, And I think that that practice for me um, is kind of what keeps me going in a way. Yeah. Because if you're just scrolling and looking and looking and looking, your subconscious is actually recreating all of that imagery that you're seeing over and over and over again, whether you believe it or not. I mean, you might walk into Target and see a pretty vase and think, oh, I have to have this. It's amazing. But in reality, you saw that six times in, you know, six other houses. You just don't remember it. Um, So, yeah, it's sort of, I think Mary and I, we've talked about how I call it the sea of sameness. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because I feel like you're a great example of someone who is, you're, you are sharing your work online, you're sharing your work in magazines, but it, it stays, um, there's kind of a purity to it. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like everything else that's out there. And I've come to appreciate when I, when I find a decorating book that I'm like, man, this is, it's just, it isn't what I'm seeing all over Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's a, there's variety there. There's this eclectic feel to it. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it so much more. And so, yeah, I definitely wanted you to speak to that kind of how you've maintained that, that purity in your work. Um, we'll definitely not be online help. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mentioned earlier, <laughs> Not living on the internet. You know, I think that there's, a, this, this is such a um, heartfelt topic for me. I mean, I really feel yeah. like it's my mission to help people embrace their own style, their own creativity. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we have to give people grace that don't have the skill and ability yet. And they're still trying to learn that. So I think that people recreate what they see because they are unsure of their own style or they're unsure of how to go about creating what they love in their heart, what they're drawn to, the memories attached to things, how to tell stories through their own trinkets and souvenirs from travels or those kinds of things. So, and then also when you're young, you know, I've said this before when I've been interviewed, like we have different stages in our life. You know, we have budget constraints in our twenties. We're just, we're going to go to the thrift store and Ikea and just fill it up. And, you know, in your thirties, you're maybe decorating for children, um, you know, or significant others that are in your life. And then forties, you have careers going and you have, you know, I feel like we mm-hmm. have all these different stages in our life and it's really hard to, um, you can't compare your twenties to maybe your thirties or forties or and, and beyond because you know, they're just so different. Your life is different. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that we create things. I think that people that are unsure create them because they want acceptance and that likability yeah. factor. And nobody likes feeling like an outcast. Yeah. <laughs> be part of a tribe or a group. But mm-hmm. I try to tell people something weird. Buy something weird. Buy something yeah. different. Take a risk. Um, that's what's going to make you unique you know, is that kind of thing. So, yeah, I had, I was, um, just, I was looking through Instagram and I forget even, it's one of those things where you sort of are in this little rabbit hole. And I, I was listening to an artist talk and I wish I remembered who it was, like how I got there and everything, because she said, um, and she was talking about in relation to creating art, she said, don't fight your own hand. And I thought that that was such a profound statement and that definitely applies to design work and styling and decorating and even just dressing yourself to like not to not conform. Don't conform. Don't fight what you go to naturally. Don't fight what you what you love and are drawn to. And I think if more people did that instead of like, Oh, here's the, you know, here's the trendy Mm -hmm. shot. Here's the trendy thing to wear. Here's the trendy thing to use in your home. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'd, it it would just be a whole lot more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Just be confident. Um, Maybe people feel like they have to defend their choices to the masses, but I try to say, you know, all those people that are following you on Instagram, whether it's five or 5,000, they're not going to be in your house. I mean, they're not going to yeah. come to your house. I mean, more than likely, unless they're stalkers or they're friends, uh, <laughs> they're not going to be having coffee in your living room, you know, on a Saturday morning with your loved one. Yeah. So you really need to create a home that speaks to you, like your yeah. house, what you love and try to let go of some of that, um, I don't know, I don't know, self-imposed expectations of other people kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's just, a, we, and we, of course, talk about that. You're like speaking our love language, you know, that we talk about that all the time. It's, there's just a, innately a lot of pressure, you know, to just do what everyone's doing. And, and because you, especially, and I know in the mentoring group, we talk about that a ton, you know, it's, it's just hard when you first get started. And even if you're more established, you know, in business, you're, 
you know, you've got this pressure of all this stuff that you see, you know, and all the the engagement that you see others have. And there's just this built-in perception you have of their success, you know, and you have of their um, their engagement of their audience, the likability they possess, you know, all those things. And I think it just presses on our most delicate triggers, you know what I mean, to to do that, to have that. That's what we we just long to have, you know, acceptance and belonging and all those things. So it's sort of, it's like we're talking about how we style photography, but it absolutely, you know, it absolutely affects and is affected by our, you know, what's in our spirit and our minds and the way we view the world and I don't know, all that big stuff. So it's a it's pretty interesting to me how we, we do that. And it's just a natural thing to do. P.S. Marion, that was um I think that was Laurie Ann of Laurie Ann Art on Instagram that said, oh, Don't fight your hands. What comes out of yeah. your hands? Yep. I remember seeing that. It was it was really powerful. I'm glad you rem- I'm glad you watched that too. <laughs> and I did, that. I saw it. <laughs> Cause I thought it was great, you know, like don't there's no point. It's the same thing I've told you before, like with with playing with painting. I, I'm probably just not ever going to want to sit down and like meticulously try to replicate a photograph. Like I pass. That doesn't sound. It just doesn't sound fun to me. I probably even if I practiced forever, I don't know that that would be my best and highest, you know, mm-hmm. use because it's just not what wants. To come out, you know, and I feel the same way about writing and photography and all all the creative pursuits. You know, we get to to be a part of. It's just such a um, such a gift to give yourself when you just can go with it, roll with it a little bit. You know, stop taking it so seriously. So anyway, it's <laughs> stop taking yourself so seriously. That, just that creativity and um, what we have within us. Um, I come from a long line of painters. I'm yeah. very beautiful mm. painters, like generations of painters. Wow. My mother's side, my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother. And when I was very young, they would paint beautiful scenes of like um, the desert. Or mm-hmm. my grandfather would paint like beautiful um, portraits of cowboys or Native Americans. And my grandmother would paint landscapes. And I mean, just beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful pieces. And I... I was young and I always say that I'm the only designer to draw a stick figure like I just <laughs> could not for the love of me paint or draw like I just couldn't and so yeah. I gave up I just said it's not meant for me it's skipped a generation it's like twins uh-huh. generation I think <laughs> I just didn't get that gene and maybe that my art my artistic abilities lie in visuals in another way yeah it wasn't until about two years ago that I picked up a paintbrush and mm-hmm. I started painting abstracts mm-hmm. and I thought, and I literally loved every second of it. Yep. And I actually loved the very first abstract I ever painted. I mean, I stood back mm-hmm. and went, wow, this is like, wow. Good. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that I had placed these, these brackets around what I can and can't do. I put myself in a box by yeah. comparing my talent to someone else's talent, but why did I have to paint cowboys and Native Americans and landscapes? I didn't yeah. have to. I could have painted abstracts and I could have been doing this for for many, many years. And yeah. I wish that I had been able to tell myself that, you know, 20 years ago or however long ago. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think it's really important to kind of find 
maybe what you enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can't do something, try another way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and now I love it. Well, I do more pottery now for my creativity, but mm-hmm. still paint on occasion. Yeah, that's oh, on my fun. list. I know <laughs> we both list. talked about pottery and we're like, we do not need another no. hobby and more gear to buy. It's no. so addictive. It's so therapeutic. I took, I think I took classes for maybe, maybe six months to a year at a uh-huh. studio. And then the next thing you know, I'm buying a used kiln and I'm buying a wheel. Oh my gosh. My husband's setting up a little corner in one of our garages and now I go out and make messes and it's, so fun I literally love it so much it's my favorite so sometimes people I share some snippets of you know that on Instagram people are like oh can I buy it and I'm like lord have mercy you don't want to buy this yet (laughs) I I can make one of these but I can't make six of the same size or anything yeah sort of like (laughs) the clay the clay makes itself whatever it wants to be you know yeah (laughs) I might say I think I'm going to make a cup horrible (laughs) (laughs) we'll see how it ends up right yeah well I wanted to ask you too because I know that you're a you're really um I want to just a big fan you're a big fan of mentoring and being a part of a creative community and I know you're in a you have a mastermind group and um I just want to hear how just what kind of value that's brought to your own creative work and just you know in connecting with other creatives Oh gosh, that's another one of those things I wish I had done, you know, so years past. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, my business, even though it's in the editorial world and visual print media, a lot of what I do is kind of like behind the scenes and solo. Mm-hmm. And so I spent many years just like building my company. Um, and I've been self employed for about 24 years, 25 years. Um, and I guess it just can be really isolating in a way. And I never really yeah. knew like who to talk to. And I think I was still growing my, my company and I wasn't really in a place to like mentor others at that point. I was still building it. But then um, I think it was last year I had really toyed around with like joining a mastermind and I went and kind of looked at a bunch of different ones that, you know, that were of interest to me, but they just weren't a good fit because I'm, I'm a creative at heart. I'm a maker. I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. And these were all kind of like more business ended, I'd say in the financial district or insurance and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I just sort of like kind of quietly behind the scenes started taking notes of a few people that I might invite to my mastermind. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're all female uh, creative, female owners of creative businesses. So whether it was mm-hmm. interior design, um, Lori of Elsie Green, she has beautiful mm-hmm. French wear. She's part of my mastermind, so she's mm-hmm. retail. And um, yeah, it's just been a it's been amazing. So we originally were going to meet each quarter, and because everyone's busy, and I didn't want to take up too much time, but then we had a pandemic, <laughs> as you know, mm. and that led us to have to maybe meet on Zoom once a week. And it's been a godsend. We've been able to like yeah. really. Um, hold each other accountable to like our weekly goals. We've all kind of done a lot of transition with our businesses with COVID and some of those really, those humps, we've all kind of been affected there. So yeah, it's just amazing. It's like a weekly shot of B12 in the arm of Mm -hmm. ideas that will help you catapult you for the next week and 
problem solving and it's been amazing. And I think in my career now, that's why I started uh, mentoring and coaching others. I'm about to start a a small mentoring program, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do one-on-one coaching still. But I feel like I'm at a point in my career where I built, you know, multiple streams of income and I can really help people with their visuals. And I don't know, I just feel like I'm at a point where I can start giving back. Um, yeah. Not that I, yeah. not that I didn't before that sounds, <laughs> but I feel like it's, we know what more, you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like it's more of a calling now for me to kind of help yeah. other women that are in different stages of their business. So yeah. 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 What would be your number one? Well, it doesn't even have to be your number one, just a piece of advice that you would give someone who is starting out. Um, we, we talk to a lot of people in our mentoring group and community and just, you know, you get, I'm sure you get this too. You get a DM on Instagram, like just a quick question. Can you tell me how to get started? Or can you tell me, you know, I, I'm afraid that everybody's already doing what I want to do. Cause you kind of get that sense when you're, you know, seeing it collectively on the internet, which we didn't have 15, 20 years ago to deter us. So, um, what would you say, what would be your piece of advice to someone who's starting out and feels like everybody's already doing the thing that they, they want to do? Well, how many boxes of cereal do we have on the aisles? How many choices of bottled water do we have? How many car makes and models can we choose from? It really doesn't matter if someone is doing what you're doing. They're not doing it like you do it. So mm-hmm. I usually, you know, it's really important to find why you want to, why you do what you do. Um, who it is you're serving and what it is you want to offer them. How are you going to help them? How are you going to serve them? So I think that discovering, there's a really great book. I think it's called Start With Why. I'm not, I'm not sure you might want to look that up before you put it in the notes. Okay. But okay. Um, <laughs> it really can help people fine tune um, why they do what they do. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. people, I say to people that as a stylist, they don't really want to know what I do. They want to know how I do it. Um, so yeah, I think it's really just discovering maybe a cross between what your, your talent is, what you love doing, and then why you would do it and who you can serve with that dialing in on on who your, your customer is. We're we're definitely like on, on the same wavelength. Sean and I have been beating that drum for a long time too. Just why, why you're doing what you're doing. And also, um, yeah, that there's so much variety. It's a big world. You don't need to not do what you love doing because there are other people doing it. Yeah. Um, well, and lastly, I, so we share a creative contraption at the end of each episode, just little, we love, and I have a feeling you're probably the same way that you love like quality supplies and those perfect notebooks and pencils that are weighted just right and all that stuff like to have all all your gears and gadgets um so what's a creative contraption that you'd like to share with us that you um enjoy using I would have to say is this a non-tech item it can be anything it can be a tech item it can be you know something that's it just a creative tool that's your favorite I'm going to show you this I know your listeners can't see it but this is the Witten Delight Planner. Let me see what it's called. It's called Stay on Track okay. by Witten Delight. And she has, oh, it's so good at keeping me on track. You can see like there's days of the week. There's a home life section. And then one thing you do for yourself. And I, I wrote this week, I wrote make art. 
Mm -hmm. And then there's a big picture projects and notes. So, um, and they tear off and it's such great quality. It's like a graphite, um, linen cover. I don't know. I love it so much. It looks beautiful. Like it looks like a planner. I highly recommend that. Awesome. Well, we'll. I'm writing it down. Like, <laughs> now we have something else. Right like, now, another into. notebook for me. <laughs> oh my I, could gosh. Buy, I could buy all of her things. I love everything she does. All of her products are mm-hmm. amazing. All of the stationery and. Yeah. I had never heard of that brand. Oh, so. it's lovely. You will. Oh, you, holy moly. You're gonna gird your loins. You're get ready. today, huh? You better yep. hide your credit card because it's going to be blowing up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh but, you know, goodness. I think, and this is why we share a creative contraption is because we feel like when you have those, um, just a, a, whether it's as simple as a pencil or a notebook or a planner or whatever, or, or as, as intricate and expensive as the kind of laptop you use, um, when you have tools that make your work just easy and enjoyable and a mm-hmm. delight to come to, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not dreading Mondays. You're not yeah. hating, you know, your work environment or irritated by little things um, like a pen that, you know, blobs ink as you're trying to journal yeah. or something. Yeah. It, just, it all becomes a part of the experience, I think. Yeah, everyday mm-hmm. beauty. Yeah, that's right. I mean, even in the little things, it's like so interesting what brings you joy, like a cup of hot tea at your desk or yeah. Um, sometimes it's just setting a timer and getting some work done. Um, mm-hmm. Even the timer has to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yes. Well, Heather, thanks so much for joining us, taking the time. Yes. And it's been, it's fun to see a little corner of your house too. I know. And I've seen that's your chickens yeah. kind of... <laughs> Oh, you're in your studio? Yeah, I'm in my studio. Oh, yeah, I've seen like chickens wandering by. And uh-huh. You have a little studio dog there. Who is... <laughs> I live on a little orange grove. So yeah, there's there's lots of creatures going around. So. Oh, um, man. So if you, what's your website, Heather? Is it just heatherbullard.com? Um, mm-hmm. Instagram is heatherbullard.com. But really my website is is where I'm at. I still love it. There's really good connection there. I answer every comment. I love my readers. Um, We do a newsletter Mm -hmm. every month. Right now I'm building a course on how to curate a home with character. So we've got that Mm -hmm. started. Um, So yeah, if you really want to get to know me, I would say go to my website, sign up for the newsletter. So. And you guys do. I'm just telling you, you like, you do want to get to know her. Yes. So, I want to so cook in that kitchen to... of yours one day. You get <laughs> so. over here. <laughs> Don't tempt me, man. I'm telling you, that cabinet with all the white dishes in it is just like what dreams are made of. <laughs> so. I used to be, you know, when minimalism started taking off and I had a lot of yeah. people talk about that, like, wow, I really cannot get rid of all this stuff. I have a lot of stuff, but I do keep it sort of, you know, corralled, Contained. curated, yeah. styled, right? Mm-hmm. Even my fridge is styled. I can't help it. It's right. New. But I let go of that. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't need to be a minimalist. I can, yeah. you know, I can have stuff and make it look yeah. pretty. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Each to his own with that. That's a that's totally a personal thing. Well, you can come over anytime. There's not a lot of people okay. going on in that kitchen right now because we're tired okay. of cooking. And it's summer, so. Me too. That's the thing. Maybe we should put a pin in that. I'm over cooking. It's, I've, 
Man, I've hit my wall. I've hit the wall finally. <laughs> my house it. is a peanut butter and honey sandwich, so. That's right. Yes, we're all just normal trying to get by here, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Talk to you, you ladies forever. I just feel so comfortable with you. It's been such a treat for me. Thank you so much for, oh, for us me too. on. And um, anyway. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. No, and we'll, thank we'll you. definitely, we'll have you back again, definitely to talk about another oh, yeah. topic. But <laughs> we can really, otherwise, we can really dig deep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right yeah. <laughs> otherwise, everybody, we will see you in our next episode. Thank you for listening to the Creative Exponent Podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker's Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like The Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.